Welcome to our PAVE podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. I'm Meredith Berkman. And I'm Dorian Furman. And we're the Wrong Moms. So today on our podcast, we have Matthew Myers, who is the president of the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, which is the leading advocacy organization working to reduce tobacco use and its deadly consequences, not only in the United States, but around the world. Matt, thank you for being here. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. It's an important topic. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, or TFK, as we like to call it? Sure. The Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids was created about 23 years ago. It was created precisely because we needed to bring sophisticated advocacy to counter the tobacco industry's marketing and to counter their impact on both the media in the political process. When the campaign was created, smoking rates among our nation's kids in the mid-1990s, shockingly, was actually going up. Over one in three high school kids smoked cigarettes at that time. If you read a newspaper, you pretty much only saw the tobacco industry's version of what was going on in the world. And they had completely handcuffed Congress and many of our state and local legislatures Our goal was to get government to do its job, to protect our citizens against tobacco industry marketing, to prevent them from having undue influence over our legislators, and to free up our young people to be advocates for their own health. And it worked, didn't it? In many ways, it worked better than we could have ever imagined. The progress in the last 23 years is extraordinary. It's what makes the use of e-cigarettes so frustrating. Cigarette smoking rates among our high school kids has gone from over 36% 20 years ago to less than 7% today. We have seen the progress in state after state where people have adopted tobacco control measures. For the first time, the Food and Drug Administration has the authority to regulate the content and marketing of tobacco products. Before the entrance of e-cigarettes, we were at a point where you could realistically, for the first time in history, imagine a true tobacco-free generation of young people. Not only would that produce our first tobacco-free kids, it would have contributed to the most dramatic decline in lung cancer, heart disease, chronic obstructive disease, diabetes, and other tobacco-related diseases. We were at the point where you could envision true victory in changing our society and inroad the e-cigarette industry with the same lack of ethics, the same morals, and the same targeting of our kids that we have seen for decades from cigarette companies. How did it happen? And so quickly and so profoundly that we're sitting here having a conversation about the same issue that you and your colleagues and your partners felt um, you had successfully conquered. How did we end up back here so quickly? It's actually a warning sign for us across the board. What we did was we combined the worst of high tech with a complete lack of ethics and a short-sighted vision of the people making these products in terms of profitability. So what happened? You took a number of very bright people with an idea 
that in concept was valuable. Could we reduce the number of people who die from cigarette smoking by producing a dramatically less dangerous product? But what they did was realize that the maximum profit came from producing a product that just like cigarettes 50 years ago, attracted a very broad range of young people. So they added flavors to it to make it taste better and to make it appear to be a safe product. They combined very high doses of nicotine, matter of fact, unprecedented doses of nicotine. So the kids who used this product thinking it was cool and attractive the first week, by the second week were using it because they couldn't quit. And then what they did was very clever. They recognized that a great deal of public scrutiny would close down their marketing to kids quickly. So where did they market it? They marketed it on social media outlets that by and large were seen only by those kids around our country for far too long. Our government regulators missed it. By and large, parents and others missed it until they had literally permeated virtually every high school in the entire United States. And then what did they do? They combined the worst of what the tobacco industry did. They used all of their money and all of their power to hire high-powered lobbyists to tie up our government officials to prevent the exact kind of regulation that was designed to prevent them from marketing to kids. It's why there has to be a sense of urgency to tackling this problem. Between 2015 and 2019, we saw the single greatest rise in youth addiction to nicotine than we have seen at any point in the history of measuring these issues. Our challenge is to reverse that epidemic before it becomes a 50-year epidemic as cigarettes have done. As you know, we came into this fight when we discovered that Juul had come into our kids' school without the school's knowledge, with no parents or teachers present, and told the kids that Juul was totally safe and about to get FDA approval. It turns out that, as you just said, Big Tobacco has been doing this for generations. So we like to refer in the beginning to Juul as Big Tobacco 2.0, but at the end of the day, it's really just Big Tobacco, right? It's precisely Big Tobacco using the same tactics, often the very same messages that the tobacco industry used, but they've combined it with modern technology and an understanding of how to target our young people in a day where you can do so without adults seeing it. That's why it's such an important warning sign to us um, because it is a devastating combination of people who understand how to design products that are slick and appeal to kids, how to deliver nicotine in ways the cigarette companies only dreamed of delivering, but never figured out how to do, and how to use modern technology to target kids in ways that adults don't see. So that's why it's never been more important for us to galvanize all of the resources. We can't do this job unless moms and dads and parents and teachers across the country speak out and speak with their kids, unless legislators do the job that we elected them to do, which is to prevent 
abusive targeting to our young people of products that will cause long-term harm if we don't stop it now. Um, so there are a lot of really important lessons to all of these things, but there's a positive lesson. You know, since PAVE was created and since a whole bunch of us have begun to speak out loudly, we have changed the debate in a very important way. The e-cigarette companies claim, gee, they just want to help adults quit. Well, between 2015 and 2019, the entire growth in sales of e-cigarettes was among kids. There was absolutely no growth among adults whatsoever. Well, the good news is we've caught on to it. And the key is going to be whether we can galvanize all of that energy into a true sustained campaign. That's why, frankly, um, we are so excited to be partnered with you because it's the combination of parents, kids, and others working together that has the ability to turn this around. What I would really like to know, Matt, is you know, you're, you're the campaign for tobacco-free kids. I think it would be really helpful if you could give us a sense of the state of the campaign. Well, we are at probably the most critical juncture we've been at. And the outcome can go either way, to be perfectly honest with you. In the last two years, collectively, we have built an enormous amount of momentum. Parents are beginning to understand how dangerous this is. My hope is that one of the side effects of the COVID um, crisis is that moms and dads are spending more time with their kids than ever before. And it's A, some are discovering for the first time how addicted their kids, and B, it is an opportunity for the kind of honest, objective conversations with their kids um, that, that would be hard to have. But we're at a critical juncture for another reason. Um, we have begun to change public policies and public attitudes in a way that has the potential to truly reverse the e-cigarette epidemic. In just the last year, as a result of all of our work, four states for the first time in history have banned the sale of the kind of flavored e-cigarettes that the industry has used to target our kids. Four states can either be the first step in a wave or it could be marginalized and not go further. The real key is going to be whether we're going to build off of the momentum that's been created this year for real change. In addition to that, the Food and Drug Administration has always had the authority to ban or restrict the sale of the flavored products that have been used by the industry to appeal to kids. In September, the White House announced that it was going to do that. And then it caved in to the kind of special interest lobbying from the e-cigarette industry that we have seen time and place again. The key is going to be what does the FDA do now? On September 9th, every e-cigarette company who wants to continue to sell their product is going to have to file an application with the FDA asking for approval to continue to market them. FDA needs to hear from parents to say no flavored e-cigarette 
should be allowed on the market after that date. So it's an overwhelming task, but you're saying, Matt, and, and I think Dorian and I certainly understand, agree, and, 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 and know, is that we're at an inflection point. I think sometimes parents feel, well, I'm just one mom or one dad, or I have you know one voice or one vote. How do I build on the momentum? And so I think if you can give us a sense of really practically, I mean, obviously, from our perspective, our hope is that parents will come and join PAVE and join our movement because every voice, when we speak together, matters and it's louder. Um, But are there some specific ways also that you could guide people who want to push and keep the momentum going so that it's... 46, then 45, then 44, until all of the states have done the right thing, simply because, as you say, we cannot at this moment rely on FDA to do what is so obviously, from our perspective, the right thing. First of all, the the effort is not overwhelming. No one should feel overwhelmed. Um, I have to say to you, the voice of a parent or the voice of a teenager is the strongest voice there is. It is the voice that will be heard. You know, the good and the bad of the e-cigarette epidemic is that there is no high school, no middle school that has been exempt. And what that means is any legislator who listens will find moms and dads in their community who's been impacted. Those voices, don't underestimate your voice. Um, Speak to your city council person, speak to your state legislator, speak to your member of Congress. Um, All of you belong to either a PTA or other local parent organization. Galvanize that organization to speak up. Um, Write letters to the editor, write op-eds. Use your Facebook and social media to speak out and say how important this is to you. Um, Equally important, um, speak to your kids. Um, Don't lecture your kids, uh, but talk to them honestly and objectively at what's at stake. Um, What we have found is that when young people are engaged and young people speak out, their voice counts as well. Uh, with regard to these issues. So do it piece by piece. Every step forward that you take is important. Some people think that because Juul has pulled back on their flavors, that the problem has been handled. But we know we're really playing whack-a-mole. One time, you know, every time you stop one product, another product comes up. One product that we're particularly concerned about is Puff Bar and the whole range of disposables that are on the market. We've actually started a letter writing campaign uh, to FDA. As you mentioned, letter writing campaigns are extremely important, asking them to ban Puff Bar because they are breaking all the rules. What can you tell us about the disposable e-cigarettes? You've hit on one of the most important points, and that is when Juul stops selling a variety of flavors, um, a couple things happen. First, um, it was a false argument that they were suddenly becoming good citizens. They knew they could move many of the kids to to menthol flavors, and they've succeeded. Second, the failure of the federal administration 
in so many states to ban all flavored e-cigarette products, whatever the container, means that when many of these flavors disappeared, a bunch of what they call are disposable products. And, and don't be misled by that term. What they refer to as a disposable product is a single product that has as much nicotine in it often as more than a pack of cigarettes. And we have seen data um, published by Goldman Sachs just last week that shows a meteoric rise in the use of flavored so-called disposable products. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised. We've also seen the fact that vape shops haven't stopped selling flavored e-liquids that you can put into these products, that those products are now available as well. The lesson it couldn't be more clear cut. If you leave a loophole open to this industry, they will drive a truck through it. And you'll be only kidding yourself that you think that you're actually solving the problem. So today it's what we call a disposable product. If you just um, ban these sale of the disposable products, but don't ban the sale of all the flavored products, the industry will simply move to the place where you've left the hole open. It isn't a way to make public policy. Flavored e-cigarettes cause the epidemic, Getting rid of flavored e-cigarettes has got to be part of solving the epidemic. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. Thank you for listening to Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text Ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, The Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include evidence-based tips and strategies to quit, combined with real feedback from young people. Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting Ditch Vape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.